you are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. I am joined by the fabulous Misto Cristofo. Thanks to the help of our guest last night, Mark Schofield. Chris is how many followers away from 100 now? 18. We're almost there. That's like, you got how many did you end up getting? It's like 10, right? Yeah, I got around 10 <laughs> last night. If you hear this, just know that Chris and I both love you. <laughs> my heart, I think my that, heart belongs to you, the people. That listened to the episode from yesterday and really took a second to listen to what Mark was saying will grow to have loved Mark as well. It was a fantastic show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out now, right after you hear this episode. But as for today, we have a member of Jaguars Twitter and Draft Twitter like ourselves on to talk about one of the other polarizing quarterback prospects. We talked about a real polarizing one in Lamar Jackson yesterday. Today, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, quarterback number one in all of our hearts. Uh, Chris has a very, very giant man crush on Baker Mayfield. If Chris wants to go ahead and kick us off with that. But, um, before we before he does kick it off, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Philippe. You can follow him on Twitter at JacksonPhilFIL. Philippe, what's going on, bro? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. I'm happy to have uh, go you. Go ahead and give us – yeah, we are happy to have you. Uh, go ahead and give us a quick uh, plug of some of the work you do and uh, look, tell everyone about you, anyone that doesn't know who Philippe. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just uh, came on board with Optimum Scouting. Uh, for this 2018 draft, so I'll be covering the Big 12 as well as Conference USA for them, um, helping them out with their draft guide uh, and, and doing some of those things. You could also catch up on all my work on uh, scoutturf.com. That's where I have everything posted. I actually just put a new uh, seven-round mock draft up there yesterday. Uh, I think I have close to 400 players on the big board already, so check it out if you haven't already. We've got some cool formulas and uh, some cool downloads as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also a soccer player, correct? Yeah, actually, uh, I sure am. I'm living down here in Honduras and uh, playing in the third division down here um, in Tegucigalpa. So we got a pro athlete here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast. Five-star reviews just for Philippe. (laughs) Please do. Getting into it, uh, I said I'd let Chris kick it off on Baker because, I mean, Chris is – Chris got me into Baker about a month or so ago. So, Chris, I'll let you lead off with your first takes that you want to drop, and then any questions you want to start with Philippe. Uh, with Philippe. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I just want to say that Baker Mayfield, I knew of him. I didn't really like kind of pay attention until this past season because that's when we all really knew that the Jags needed and were going to target a quarterback in this draft. And I think what really caught my attention with Mayfield was the Ohio State game. Uh, just watching him go uh, to Ohio State at night and just he had a kind of rough first half but then really turned a switch in the second half and then we all know the famous or infamous uh, flag plant uh, (laughs) which was kind of just put my love for Baker Mayfield over the top 
uh, really, just at that moment, I realized I want that man hoisting a Jags flag and planting it into the 50-yard line of the Titans in a playoff game. (laughs) That would be fantastic. And yeah, that's really when you started to introduce Baker to me because uh, truth be told, coming into this year, people were starting to ask me already about sleeper guys and they were like, oh, what about Baker Mayfield? And without ever really going and watching a ton of him, just kind of what I, you know, the narratives I'd heard coming from the Oklahoma offense like he's small all that i at first bought him and i was like oh yeah i don't i don't really know i haven't paid attention and uh then once you pointed him out to me i started watching i watched a lot of his 2016 film and have caught up on a little bit of 2017 but uh, i saw some, uh, a lot of areas where he could grow obviously but at the same time a, a quarterback that you could work with going forward to uh, fine-tune him and he could be a special player um philippe when you look at baker mayfield well, first, what kind of scheme does he fit into when it comes to the next level? So he's playing He's playing in the Big 12 right now, and virtually every single team in that division is running some type of a, you know, a, a spread offense. So um, tra- traditionally that hasn't translated optimally um, when you look at the history. But um, at the next level, I, I think his best scheme is uh, a vertical offense where he could really lean on a really strong running game and work off of the play action. Uh, Baker's had 202 play action passes so far this season. Um, I'm sorry, uh, 202 passes this season. 93 of them have been play action passes. That's 46%. So this guy is living off the play action. So, you know, look at a team like Jacksonville with, with the running game leading the NFL right now and rushing, that's a, that's a match made in heaven. Right. Let alone Blake Bortles the other day. He, uh, I think, forty-four point eight percent of his passes were play action against the Colts. There you go, pretty close. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I view it as like he could fit into that kind of West Coast offense. And even though the Jags run a lot under center, they still incorporate West Coast concepts uh, mm-hmm. into the offense. And that, like Lamar Jackson, I think makes it a, 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 like you said, a match made in heaven. Right, uh, Chris. Do you have any uh, any follow up on that in terms of scheme? Uh, I'm not sure if, uh, if you have the numbers at Philippe, but I read, I believe, somewhere on the timeline that Baker Mayfield, I want to say, leads the nation in quarter or at quarterback percentage coming out of play action. He has a perfect 158.3 rating, 1,427 yards, most importantly, zero interceptions working out of that play action. So unreal playing out of his mind when it comes to that. That sounds that sounds great to me. If he were to uh, come to Jacksonville, like I said, I think Baker Mayfield and Leonard Fournette would really be a, a dynamic duo, because uh, I mean Lamar Jackson obviously has the better rushing ability when it comes to that type of thing. But Baker has a pretty nice set of wheels himself, uh, being able to make plays happen with his legs when the uh, coverage downfield is good. Yeah, he uh, he he thrives in chaos uh, when when the pocket breaks down. We were watching Monday Night Football, right? And Carson Wentz kind of got uh, absorbed uh, into a body mass and then just flies out. That's the kind of electrifying athleticism that Baker Mayfield has. He's really, really good change of direction. He can make people miss in the open field. And uh, that's a nice wrinkle. Um, As much as we, you know, give Blake a hard time, uh, that's a really exciting part of his game. And I think it's something that's 
you know, kept him starting in Jacksonville for as long as it has. I know that's something that Doug Marone and Nate Hackett have said that, hey, you know, we, we want him back there, especially against Houston back when they had all their playmakers because he could make things happen with his feet. Um, so taking a guy like Baker Mayfield, you're really not losing that type of dynamicism in the playbook. So, And you said that he thrives in chaos. And that kind of that just means he can fit in Jacksonville. And that that really like kind of is a huge uh, comparison to me to the one and only Aaron Rodgers, uh, who I kind of had as my pro comparison in their play styles. Because Aaron Rodgers will do the exact same thing. They have similar uh, size as well. Aaron Rodgers being six two, I believe, and Baker. Yeah, May- he's like six two. Baker Mayfield that six foot. So not a huge difference, but uh, just their play style where the pocket collapses, they're able to get out and extend plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, I, I for, for me, the perfect comp for him is Russell Wilson. I can and definitely see that. Especially watching Russell Wilson the past few seasons with that god-awful offensive line. He has no time to throw. Every single play is chaos for him. And he's just throwing off his back foot and anticipating, you know, routes. And he, he doesn't even see where he's throwing sometimes. He's just trusting his receiver and trusting his arm. And that's something that Baker Mayfield does an outstanding job of um, because he does have uh, a special arm. Yeah, what would you say is the strongest part and the weakest part of his game in terms of playing quarterback? Yeah, so... My favorite thing about him, when you watch him drop back, and you guys talked a little bit about this with Mason Rudolph on your previous podcast, Baker Mayfield will go from his first progression to his second to his third. I've seen him go all the way down to his fifth progression. His head's on a swivel the whole time. He knows the play like the back of his hand. So that's really, really encouraging because when I watch someone like Mason Rudolph, at Oklahoma State, he's making a half-field read, one read, and then he has a check-down option, and then he's screwed, you know? And right. you can kind of feel it. You can kind of feel it. You you never feel like the play's over with Baker Mayfield. And I think that goes a long way for the team. You know, it, it, it's the little things like that. The wide receivers aren't going to stop running a route. They're going to, you know, keep keep things alive with scramble rules. Um, and, and that type of – it's an attitude, right? And that's the type of thing that could uplift an entire team. And uh, he's the type of player who could put a team on his back. Um, people – you mentioned he's, at the beginning he's going to be polarizing. People are either going to love him or they're going to hate him. But I firmly believe that if he's on your team, you're going to love him. You know, you're going to love him to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He's so fu- – that my – I think – People make all these different gifts and everything for draft season. I've kind of already decided my favorite one is going to be the one from 2016 when he ran over, I think it was the TCU defender, into the end zone and then, like, stared right over him. His swagger is unmatched. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, interesting things like that. You know, the boom mic's picking him up before the Baylor games, telling Baylor, you know, your daddy. daddy. And um, the, the flag, so... My only, my only concern for him, um, to be honest, if he needs to go to a good team where he's going to find immediate success because going all the way back to when he was a high school player at Lake Travis High School in Texas, he's 
57 and 9. He is not familiar with failure whatsoever. So my only concern is if he starts off struggling, I don't want him to become abrasive or aloof, you know, and uh, kind of isolate himself. So that's my only concern. But that's what makes Jacksonville such an attractive destination for him, you know, because there's a lot of pieces in place. He can lean on a good run game. The offensive line is obviously doing a good job. So just the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. When I when I did look at Baker's 2016 film, I told myself because I mean there were obviously there's flaws in everyone's game. No quarterback mm-hmm. prospect is the perfect prospect. But I looked at Baker and I saw one thing that he was similar with he and Lamar is that they seemed to struggle on the ball on deep balls to the sideline, mm-hmm. and. When you uh, saw Baker and Lamar targeting more in the hashes, the seams, um, skinny posts, stuff mm-hmm. like that, those balls were money. They, it was almost every time they did it, it was money. Mm-hmm. But um, I was looking for both of these guys this year to see who would improve on that more because I thought that would be a totally new aspect to their game that would only make them more dominant. And Baker has been money. Lamar, mm-hmm. not so much on it, which, um, I mean, Lamar was up is up there for grabs at QB one in terms of what I'm thinking in terms skill plus fit with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this gives Baker an edge right there. Uh, I think he's been perfect so far. He's really grown as a passer on the deep outside ball. And that's been huge to me. Yeah. Because he really throws with anticipation, you know, um, he, he, he gets rid of the ball before the receiver even makes the cut on a comeback, you know, right. or, or an out route. Which, and, and, and that's really impressive. It, if, if you're bored, one of my favorite things to do is to go onto Twitter and just search Baker Mayfield dime. And just, it's just, <laughs> endless, you know, how many people, how many tweets there are about that. It, it's really cool to watch. And it seems to, you know, every single week we get another one and another one and another one. And I think uh, just, yeah, those dime plays, it just seems like so many times in a game, you'll just see him make a throw and you're like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. granted, uh, it was eventually intercepted for the only second time in the year, but that one throw or that one drive that he led against K-State uh, where he threw in the end zone, and it was picked off, but it was because the DB made a great play on the wide receiver. Uh, he put the ball almost in the perfect spot uh, for that throw. It was just that the defender made a better play on the receiver's hands. But one thing that I kind of want to really see come back that I think some people don't kind of realize if Baker came to Jacksonville, he's reunited with his Heisman brother, D.D. Westbrook, which is a match that I definitely would want to rekindle in the pros. Yeah, and it might not stop there because they might look at someone like Mark Andrews in the second round if he falls. That'd be phenomenal. Or or a bookend right tackle. Orlando Brown. Oh my goodness! I, I have such a crush on Orlando Brown. He, he's a monster. Um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, I was talking with you a little bit about this before. But Orlando Brown's tape is phenomenal. Um, he has first round tape. I people that are as big as he is usually do not perform well in the pre draft test testing, and that usually can knock uh, off a little bit because he's going to run a dreadful forty. I'm telling you right now, he is. <laughs> you know, but. He's going to also be able to throw people to Sarasota, you know, at right tackle and create a lane for Leonard to, to run through. So um, he, he's a really impressive player. But it's, it's good you bring up Didi because 
Baker Mayfield lost a Bolitnikov winner, a freaking Bolitnikov winner from last year, and he's playing better. How many people can you say that about? You know, he's playing out of his mind. <laughs> so he Not has, no, he has, and you brought up uh, before the uh, the 50-50 throw against K-State last week, DeAndre Goolsby, the strong safety, picks it off, and it was really disappointing to see C.D. Lamb, who's a true freshman, so, you know, he's still learning, getting acclimated. I wanted to see him fight for that ball a little more, but he placed it perfectly, you know? He's doing everything he needs to do for his team to win every single week, and it's nice to see. I agree. Uh, when you um, look for people's takes, see what people are saying when they're scouting the um, Baker Mayfield especially, what's one thing that everyone gets wrong when they're talking so, about If you're You obviously, as a fan of his, what do people get wrong? For some wrong. reason, people connotate people kind of short with a weak arm. I don't know why. I don't know if... Chad Pennington has anything. I, I, I just don't get it, but he's such uh, a natural thrower of the football, mm-hmm. you know? And height is the biggest thing. If, if Baker Mayfield was six foot five, he would be the darling Josh Allen of this draft, you know? But he's not. Yeah. So height, it, it, it's, such, it's such lazy scouting, you know? Because anybody can look at him and it's, it, it's not a secret, you know. He, he's not the tallest guy in the world, you know. But you have to really challenge yourself and go to the next step and ask yourself, okay, he's short. What does he do to overcome that obstacle? Well, he's really, really good at using his feet and his legs to create throwing lanes around his uh, offensive line. And um, Oklahoma's offensive line is huge. So I hate when people say, He's, he's going to be too short, and if, you know, he won't be able to see over an NFL line, you know, NFL-sized line. He's, he's too short, he won't be able to see. If, if you put Oklahoma's offensive line in the NFL, it would be the 24th tallest line and the 15th heaviest. That's an NFL offensive line that he's playing behind, size-wise. So that's a lazy narrative in and of itself. Another note on the height... Um, we're going to know this soon enough, you know, uh, once he either goes to the senior bowl or, you know, in, at the combine when they do the measurements and all that stuff. But uh, he, he got arrested down in Arkansas in February for public, public intoxication. The police report came back um, that he was six foot one. I don't know. A lot of times they'll just either use your driver's license or they'll just ask you, but it is a public record, you know? So. Right. They might have measured him. I don't know. Something to think about. But um, the bottom line is, I don't care if he measures in at five foot six, because I've seen all that I need to see, and he does everything that he possibly can to combat everything. Between him being able to move, create throwing motions with, and altering his release point, and he has a lightning quick release. Lightning quick release. Size doesn't matter for me in that regard. Blake Bortles is six foot five. He gets what. Feels like every fifth pass batted down. <laughs> Rarely see Blake, Baker Mayfield get any passes batted down. Mm-hmm. So if, if if that showed up on tape, that would be a concern. But it just doesn't, you know. And um, uh, the other thing, you got to height is one thing, but you also got to look at a quarterback's frame. 
right? Because a, a quarterback could be six foot five, but skinny as a stick, and he's going to get hurt too, right? But Baker Mayfield, he's six foot. He's listed at two twenty. Baker's low key thick. He is <laughs> got a huge base, okay. man. Okay. That's that's why he has that crop top jersey. He likes that's to right. show off the belly. Exactly. Hey, he is freaking hard to bring down, man. He he keeps his legs churning. He breaks through all those tackles just based on power on his lower body. So um, that's something else that uh, is really impressive. And guess what? He doesn't have real durability issues. You, you've seen him take some big hits this year. He just pops right back in like a champion, you know, and keeps on rocking. Yeah, uh, totally. Imagine having a tough to bring down Baker Mayfield and Leonard Fournette in the same backfield. Kind of just to shift gears real quickly here, uh, this will be obviously old news by tomorrow, but the Jags have locked up Telvin Smith for four more years. Four years, $50 million uh, extension for Telvin Smith. So Matt Hoffman's a fortune teller? Yeah, I I think he he read the he read something that day and but I tell you what you're saying earlier about uh Baker uh wanting to win. Mm-hmm. Uh well that's another piece on the Jags team that will hopefully keep them uh afloat for the next few years if he does come to the uh Jags. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there real quick if you guys hadn't seen that yet, but I'm sure you guys have gotten several notifications like I have. Uh so yeah, no until you said it right then. I oh. took it in. And I was shocked. I'm no. I mean, I actually Shout thought, out. and I had talked. I had talked to both of you before the season that I, I, I did not think he was going to get re-signed. I thought he was actually going to get moved in the past, but um, because we always we've always known kind of how the Polian tree views outside linebackers, especially like non-pass rushers. Uh, Telvin Smith didn't seem like a guy they'd keep in their plans, especially after drafting Blair Brown but it's almost like uh, they realize keeping good players is a good strategy and he started off the year a little rough but since since like week two he's been lights out he's the heart of that defense I was about to say he and Calais are easily the heart of the defense it's one thing to be an outside linebacker it's a totally other thing to be the heart and soul of the team and that's what he is and and you just can't let that go you know especially when he's playing at such a high level and at such a young age as well, you know, he's in the prime of his career. So uh, that, that, that's awesome news. Kudos to Telvin. Maybe he'll have enough money now to go see his first concert. <laughs> that, uh, that basically means you got your whole defense locked up for at least the next two years. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. The and I mean, for, is Aaron and, and that you could, you could get uh, him for three to four years on, I think a pretty manageable deal. Uh, no doubt, and then that kind of has your whole defense locked up for about four years. Yep, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and I've been, and I, I do think there's a window for this team. With I think it runs through Kalias, so you have to hope that he hits that fourth year of his contract with a quarterback in in house. Because I don't know, that's just a thing. I think I don't know if you guys agree or not, but that that feels like their window, right? The clock, yeah, the clock is ticking, and I think you have three years, four years is pushing it. Uh, but yeah, you got this team has a lot of money in this defense right now, and they're really, I think, their only shot 
I mean, this is going to kind of take it. I mean, this is around the contract range I think he was going to get. Uh, but you're you have a lot of money invested in your defense. I think if they they probably will get rid of Blake. I don't see them keeping him. So with cap wise, if you don't go after a guy like an Alex Smith or something like that in free agency, you're kind of really relying on a young quarterback to come in and be the guy right away. Uh, and I think honestly, for me being biased as I am, I think Baker would be that guy. I think just like his will to win is honestly, it, I think it's the highest of any of the quarterbacks in this class. I don't see a guy that puts kind of his heart and soul like on his sleeve and plays the way he does compared to the other quarterbacks in this class. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know we've talked about the Parcells principles, right, for, for the quarterback. It's something that's very high on top of Coughlin's list. When, when Tom took over the Giants, he took Eli Manning in 2004 in that draft. And Manning checked every box, right, um, on that list. So go, going through those principles, number one, three-year starter. Well, technically four if you count the year he started at Texas Tech before he transferred. Mm-hmm. Um, senior, going to graduate. That's two, three. Start at least 30 games. Well, he's already started 33. If you add the eight from Texas Tech, he's already at 41. So he'll be close to 50 games by the time his career is over in college. Um, win 23 games, he's freaking 57-9 and nine, all the way back to high school. So he's got that well checked off. And then post the 2-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio, he has 95 TDs, 17 picks on his career. That's almost a 5.5 to 1 ratio. Not to mention, you know, uh, 70% completion percentage, and you have to have at least 60. So he, he, he checks all the boxes. Um, and... I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, because you guys know the Jaguars front office, they seem to be very uh, proactive. They seem to be scouting a year ahead. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more than a lot of other scouting departments do. And I don't think it's any mistake that D.D. Westbrook ended up on the team last year. I almost think that they might have been scouting Baker and, hey, this guy's pretty good, you know, because they were right. doing all their homework on that quarterback class coming up. Um, so, yeah. So, then, I kind of brought this up to Zach earlier today at work. Um, Coughlin has shown in the past that he will trade, because I think Baker's stock, if they do make the college football playoff, uh, and maybe if they somehow win a national championship, I think his stock is going to be upper first round, in my opinion. That's uh, what we gotta worry about now. We're we're officially at that point now where we kind of it, it it you want them to do well, but it's still kind of a little scary. Yeah, you know, because, because of course the one year that the Jags are kind of successful is the year that that guy is right there yeah. for the picking. And especially because the rest of the class seems like they're just taking such a step back. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Sam Darnold might go back to school now. Josh um, Allen is not good uh he's still going before baker maybe lamar jackson lamar jackson and josh rosen are the two prospects i could see that i would take if i had to ahead of baker mayfield uh but Uh coughlin showed uh in new york in 2004 that he is willing to trade for a quarterback 
again, he wasn't the guy, he wasn't like GM or anything, but I'm sure he had very high influence on trading for Eli Manning, who was the first overall pick mm-hmm. and traded for him from San Diego. So if Tom Coughlin, granted Tom Coughlin wasn't on the team a year ago, so maybe he wasn't scouting Baker, which might be kind of a concern, but uh, if he really likes Baker Mayfield, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did trade up to get his guy because he's shown in the past that he would do it. So I think that can kind of be a little, can put some Jags fans at ease a little bit that Coughlin is, he's shown that he's willing to pull the trigger to get the guy that he wants. Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't think there's any way, I don't think there's any way that they can't pull the trigger, or whoever, whoever it may be. If, there, if there's a guy, I don't think there's any way they don't use picks if necessary to go up and get them. Because, I mean, what's the narrative? Quarterback away. Quarterback away. That, that's what I'm going to say because, I mean, you're you're likely going to give up this year's first-round pick and next year's first-round pick. But my the whole mentality is this team is built at almost every level it's built. to compete for a oh, championship. Oh I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the playoffs. I'm going to say a championship. No, no, I'm just I'm just upset that you said it's built. I know. <laughs> it's I'm sorry, but the O-line has shown that they're good and you can upgrade it even more in free agency in the draft. The you know, de- you know the what's defense now, the right? defense is Do built. You, this there's nothing about it. You know what's going to happen? What? Baker Mayfield is going to be drafted to the Jaguars because it's the exact scenario you're talking about right now and just because you said it's built down with an injury or completely totally bust out you well, just cursed him well that's that's a risk i'm willing to take at least i'll have baker on my field uh but no i because i haven't i haven't been confident in the jags in years i mean some people the last few years everybody's like oh this is our year this is our year that's never been my mentality but i think if you get baker mayfield i would genuinely be excited for football year. i would be Oh, I couldn't even tell you how much excitement I would have for that offseason. I mean, I'm already willing. I'm thinking about buying a Baker Mayfield jersey and then going to the draft. And if they do somehow draft him, oh, man, you'll catch me on ESPN. Yep, you'll be, you'll be hot news for sure. I'll be waving that bait. I'll be wearing And it would have to be a small jersey so you can tuck it like he does so you show the stomach. Oh, yeah. you gotta have <laughs> the cr- you got to have a crop top jersey got to do it. So um, the, the, the thing that concerns me now, now, now I'm like thinking other teams, right? And other teams where he would fit, you know? And, and, and some teams that I had written down are the Jets because he's a really good fit for that new style of offense that John Morton has. Um, they're going to be picking before the Jaguars in most likelihood. And the Bills. You know, very similar to the, kind of like that Tyrod Taylor because he could create with his feet, very accurate on the move. So those are two teams that I'm kind of like keeping tabs on, mm-hmm. you know, that might be able to undercut the Jaguars. But like you said, I have full confidence that this is going to be the year of the quarterback and they're going to be investing a lot of time in picking their guy and they're going to get that guy that they feel most comfortable with at all costs even if it is a trade-up. I agree. Which I'm fine. I'm fine with the Jags trading picks away for their guy. Yeah, exactly. 
the t-shirt Gatling gun. <laughs> well, um, I guess that'll pretty much do it, right? Do we have anything else, last uh, second points that we want to bring up? Uh, no, I was actually going to ask about uh, kind of his team fits, but he kind of just cycled right into that, so kudos to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you got anything, Zach? Because, I mean, I don't... I mean, I, I don't really Baker, necessarily have as many questions because, like I said, he's my favorite prospect too, so I've definitely looked into him a lot more hey, than um, the other quarterback prospects. Opening statement, correct? Mm-hmm. Build this quarterback number one in all of our hearts. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he is for me. Mm-hmm. He's, let me put it, he's quarterback one of the realistic quarterbacks because I don't think there's any way that Tom Coughlin brings Lamar Jackson in here. You know, as much as I would like to see it happen, I just don't see it happening. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I see the fit for Lamar. I also, from because he does look for more of the, if he bites on the, you know, he likes to run more than he passes kind of mm-hmm. thing. I see. I see I Lamar. And that's worrisome. I see him as a fit for this offense. A really good fit for this offense. I don't see him a fit for Tom Coughlin. And unfortunately, there's one person that makes that decision. I would really like to see, personally, just from a fun standpoint in football, I'd really like to see Lamar go to the Giants. Have Lamar and Odell. I feel like that'd be a really fun offense. It would be a really fun offense. I I think the way things are, I think think Lamar will be the first pick by the time the draft rolls around. You don't think Saquon Barkley? That is a hot take right there, and I like it. I think he's going to go to the Browns first overall once everything, all the dust settles. And Oh, my God. That would be incredible. It's about time they, they get their guy. And if Hugh Jackson's still there especially, I mean, he wanted Deshaun Watson. He wants that playmate. You know what I mean? He wants that, right, that right. guy, you know, and I can't think of a better fit than Lamar Jackson for that organization. Brown and that whole analytics thing is done? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a fifth round picks. Stuff that's definitely a uh, high. That's a hot take right there for that Lamar Jackson. I like it, but that's hey, my, take take, take Lamar. Take take Lamar. I I would love to have Lamar, but if you're picking before Jacksonville and need a quarterback, I encourage you to take Lamar because then mm-hmm. I get Baker. Yeah, <laughs> if, if not there, the Jets would be another nice place, but. Well then, I guess that'll um, that'll do it. Uh, Philippe, thanks for coming on, man. If you want to give any last um, before you leave, any last plug, check you out um, on your work again. Everyone, be sure to follow on Twitter. But yeah, Jackson, go, uh, Philippe, go ahead and fill, uh, finish this off for us. Yeah, uh, at Jacksonville on Twitter, also at Scout Turf on Twitter. Um, two accounts getting heavy into Big Twelve prospects right now. Um, writing up some valuations on that. Check out uh, depth charts on scoutturf.com and um, keep an eye out for Optimum Scouting coming up this fall. We're going to have a lot of new things rolling out um, that I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. Closer to the end of college football season, it's going to be great and uh, working on that draft guide. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be purchasing one of the draft guides. Hopefully you can get me a discount. But um, but I will be purchasing that um, 
that guy. Yeah, definitely check it out. I've been checking out Scout Turf for a while. Uh, he Philippe does a great job, actually. Like I have always loved the graphics that you do to create these depth charts and rosters and stuff like that. I always oh, yeah, those are good. great. Those are fantastic. Those are something everyone needs to check out as soon as you can. I love doing them, so I appreciate it, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, man, for sure. We're going to have you on, um, like you said, with everything coming from Optimum Scouting, as we get more into draft season, we're going to bring you back on. Sounds good. I'll be here. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Jaguars. Be sure to check in with us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Will Greer with our buddy Riley Amon. So we will talk to you then.